Hey everyone, and welcome to another edition of Memo by Guide Legal. My name is Jackie, and today we are wrapping up um, the last decade of Gemini, Gemini 3, and we're talking about contracts. These contracts are for workers and other um, kind of like, I don't want to say advanced, but more evolutionary progressed <laughs> um, situations in your business. And by evolutionary progression, you know, every business as a startup, you start with yourself, the sole owner, sole proprietor, and it can evolve into, you know, having an LLC, then bringing on contractors, then bringing on employees, then scaling and so on and so forth. And so these issues are about contractors and employees. Um, and let me pull up. I had it here, but I closed all my windows because I had too many tabs open. So let me pull up my notes and then we can get started. So um, yesterday I started with going over the difference between an independent contractor and employee. Uh, just because someone's an independent contractor in the contract, just because someone's listed as an employee in, in, in the contract doesn't necessarily mean they are those things. In areas of gray, um, the court, uh, the mediator, the arbitrator is going to look at the conduct of the parties. And that conduct is going to fall more or less on one side or the other. And that is what that person will be classified. Um, in the previous episode, we went over kind of the IRS rules about back taxes when you misclassify a person as an independent contractor. Um, when they should have been an employee, employees, you know, they need to take taxes out. When the employer has to take the taxes out, independent contractor, the contractor is responsible for taking those taxes out. Um, so today we are going to go over um, just an independent contractor agreement and then a virtual assistant agreement. And um, you can check out the last episode on, it would be posted on well, it was posted today, so Tuesday, June 13th, because this is going to be posted for the June 14th. But you can check out that episode if you want to kind of hear the factors that a court will consider when they're trying to determine whether someone's an independent contractor or an employee. So when you're writing your contracts, consider those 20 factors um, specifically, but then also consider more generally the, the scope and the control. Who has more control in the situation, either you as the employer or hirer, um, or the person that you hired, whoever has more control will have the responsibility, the liability for acts arising out of that um, conduct. And um, that includes being liable for certain acts. We also talked about how um, even when someone is acting within the course and scope of employment, the employer is not liable for criminal acts because they are outside the zone of foreseeable risks that the employer should be held accountable for. Okay, so two agreements today, independent contractor agreement and then virtual assistant agreement. I'll just go over kind of what to include, best practices, things to consider, and so on and so forth. So outside of the boilerplate, which on, um, this is gonna be posted on Wednesday. So on Thursday, I'm gonna have an episode for boilerplate terms, but um, outside of the boilerplate, these are the things you should consider for an independent contractor agreement. Number one, define the services. You need to specify what services the contractor will be performing and even more so like what equipment because equipment is uh, one of the 20 factors that the courts use to determine whether someone's an independent contractor or an employee 
So obviously, if the person brings their own equipment, that factor is highly in favor of a contractual relationship versus if you as the person who's hiring is providing the equipment that's going to lean more um, the employee. So consider also like the conduct, the health and safety requirements, um, company facilities, supplies, information technology, equipment, other resources, networks, like by networks, IT networks, the person using the company internet versus their own internet and so on and so forth. So if you are a person who wants to make sure that your people are classed as contractors, hand over as much control as possible to that person. So, and you can even check those 20 factors um, in the last podcast episode so that you can clearly say, hey, this person has control, therefore they're liable for any and all acts arising out of their conduct. The more control that you take on as the hiring person, the more likely that person is going to be an employee. So the second thing you should define in your independent contractor agreement is the term of the agreement. When does it start? When does it end? Um, we all kind of know like what an employment relationship looks like. It can be contractual by the year in like a teaching contract. It can be you know indefinite. Um, employment contracts usually look like you know payday every two weeks, every month, and so on and so forth. Whereas contractor agreements look like a specified period of time or even like a specific job. So when this job is finished, then you're going to be released from this contract and we can sign a new contract. Um, considering number three, the third thing you should include in this contractor agreement is the compensation. Okay, so I just went over, is it salary or is it by the project? Project is more of a contractor. Salary is going to be more an employee. However, there have been cases where people were paid a quote salary every two weeks, but all the other factors weighed in favor of a contractual relationship. So again, looking at the 20 factors that state courts consider, they're generally the same in all state courts um, to determine whether it's an employee relationship or independent contractor relationship. Relationship to the parties. You want to sp state specifically that this is an independent contractor relationship. It's just another way, um, another safeguard for you. Also explain that the company will not be responsible for withholding or paying any income, payroll, social security, or other federal, state, or local taxes. Number five, consider where the intellectual property lie. Um, you know, you can do this by creating an asset list where all your intellectual property resources and who owns what at what stage, um, what percentage and so on and so forth. You also want to have a specific confidentiality agreement in there. Um, what are the specific things that need to not be presented to anybody outside the organization? So things can include like anything, um, business methods, policies, research, operations, strategies, techniques, terms of agreement, trade secrets, supplier information, pricing, so on and so forth. Obviously that list is not exhaustive, but you want to have, um, if there are certain things in there that you want really specific um, in your confidentiality policy, make sure they're there so the contractor knows. Um, next, who is ensuring the contractor shall defend, indemnify, and hold harmless the company for and all the people involved in the company for any, um, against any losses, so having an indemnification clause. And then termination, how does this contract terminate? And then we have boilerplate clauses, which include assignment, this is the entire agreement, amendment, severability, waiver, choice of law and form. Form means where this, if there and this dispute arises, where it will be litigated, signed, date, and so on and so forth. Um, and then usually for an independent contractor requirement, because it's by 
contract agreement. It's by the project. So you want to list, you know, the timeline, the steps, the deliverables, uh, what is due when. So that is an independent contractor agreement. A virtual assistant agreement is really going to be um, a very similar thing. I'm mean, just like looking over my agreement, trying to, what are the differences between this agreement? Um, so I think it's just like the language. It's literally the same thing because it, it, virtual assistant is a contractor agreement, um, but you want to list the specific jobs that are very common to virtual assistants, which include social media management, content repurposing, research design, um, and that sort of related work. If you are hiring virtual assistants from overseas, you want to make sure that you're complying with the laws of both countries. Um, if you are kind of newer to business, a good way to avoid this is to just go on Upwork or Fiverr because they'll take care of all that legal stuff for you. And you can just focus on engaging the employee in, the, in a contractual relationship um, and then um, having them work on any assignments that you have. So that is all I have for contractual agreements. Tomorrow, Thursday's episode will be all about the boilerplate terms. Just one episode specifically on that. And then I realized Gemini season does actually end until mid next week uh, when I was actually doing my calendar for cancer season. So let me see. This is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. So next Wednesday is the next series. Cancer season will go back to family, home, guardianships, estate planning, those type of things starting next Wednesday. I was making the calendar and I don't know, I still have to feel it out. There's like so many different directions that I can go in, um, but we'll have to see. So we actually have uh, Friday, Monday and Tuesday as surprises. So Gemini season is all about contracts. Those three episodes will be something that I have to consider <laughs> over the next day. And I will share that then, but it will be still be on contracts. So other than that, I hope you all have a wonderful evening and I look forward to speaking to you next time. Bye.